right in front of him. Crowd are looking, throws it alley. Oh! Welcome to the Just Basketball Show. I'm Chris Manning. Brandon Cleans here. First guest. If we had some bells, if we had like some like some air horn to go off, we have our first guest. It's Wes Goldberg. Locked on Heat. His amazing Substack. He's written places like The Ringer, The Miami Herald. Covered the Warriors for a while. We're really excited to have Wes. Wes, what is up? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is fun. No, we're, we're happy to have you. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Five stars only. Rate and review us on, on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those places. Jam-packed show today. We've got some great games to dive through, most notably Nuggets Clippers. And we'll talk about Dame 71. Well, I, I have a Caitlin Clark thing I want to get off my chest because I want to like stake our claim on Caitlin Clark, Archipelago, Jiggle, our island, whatever mountain, cornfield, wherever we're gonna call that. That's where we're gonna we're gonna put really, our flag. Yeah, that's the accurate one. Yeah, just just the put our, we're gonna yeah just the plane. We're gonna put our flag in that right now, and we're never moving it. Talk about LeBron's injury, and then our big thing of the day will be an NBA contender draft. Each of us are gonna draft three contenders, and and we'll have some fun with that. But let's start. With Nuggets Clippers, Wes, you're the guest. We'll have you go first. When you look at Nuggets Clippers, 134-124 Nuggets win. What stands out to you from that game? What, what, what popped? Well, I, I love the intensity in that game, and it feels like we're finally getting some playoff-type basketball. And, and I, just, I, I started thinking this late last week. Uh, what was the first night? Thursday night uh, back from the All-Star break, and, and I did the Lockdown NBA show, and I was just blown away by just the level of intensity that these teams are playing. It feels like we're finally like getting good basketball and not to say that the rest of the regular season hasn't been great basketball, but this, it feels heightened now uh, um, on this other side of the all-star break. And I thought that's what we, we saw against the nuggets and the Clippers. That's a play. That's a potential playoff matchup, right? That, that could be the Western conference finals potentially. And so I think those both that, that both teams recognize that they win the, into that game with that understanding. And, I'd love to see like these new Clippers trying to figure out how they're going to stop Nikola Jokic. I like seeing Nikola Jokic working with his pieces, trying to beat the Clippers defense um, and, and all those things. I also what I also like that the Clippers finally figured out after a few games that Russell Westbrook shouldn't be part of the closing lineup. And I, I like how quickly they, they, they made that determination. Cause it was a little, I was a little worried there. Like those first couple of games are like, yeah, no, he's going to yeah. close for us. And you're like, really? Like, is yeah. this the plan? Uh, because I, I love the Clippers going into the all-star break and I've been basically low on the Clippers basically since Kawhi and Paul George got there. I just, I was more of like a wait and see kind of guy. And, and I, I was starting to kind of see some stuff going into the break and then they come out of the break with Russell Westbrook. And I was like, now I don't feel good anymore about the Clippers. So nice to see that they're trying to figure things out with that. I love how with these games, sometimes it's just a reminder. You're totally right about the intensity, the, even some of the strategic stuff, we saw Kawhi guarding Jokic late. Zubats didn't play, which was kind of the one bummer if you're scouting this game and really like looking forward to the playoffs is you didn't yeah. get to see the, the full backup, uh, full rotation with Plumlee backing up Zubats and, and 48 full minutes of an answer for Jokic. So they kind of had to go to something else. It ended up being Kawhi. But to that end, I love how in some of these games with everything being thrown at the wall, all the guys really playing hard, Paul George finally attacking the basket, which was nice to see, and Ty Lue uh, adjusting out of that Russell Westbrook closing uh, lineup. It's just 
one guy versus another guy. And like, you hate to simplify it to that, but sometimes it's just sort of what happens in a basketball game. And this was, this was that in its purest form. And, and Kawhi looks awesome. He looks like himself again. He's, he's playing heavy minutes, which I think is great. Like he played that crazy 176, 175 Clippers Kings game. And then he comes back and, and he's able to play this overtime. Also, that's good to see. And playing center basically defensively combined with yes. you know, getting the ball on every offensive possession. So that was very cool. That felt like the playoffs. Um, my question coming out of this is, Russ didn't close. Marcus Morris still did. And yeah. I, I don't love that. You just like, the, there's nothing worse in a Clippers game than the record scratch of like awesome momentum back and forth. Kawhi versus Jokic, who's going to win the game? And then all of a sudden, Marcus Morris just like pulls up from 18 and he's like, guys, this is this. Do is you think time. that was because Zubach wasn't available and they needed to scrounge together big man minutes? Because I had the same thought you did. And I was like, is yeah. this just because is this just a minutes thing? Uh, Ta- I don't know. Ta- Ty has a little bit of a thing with this group where he, he doesn't Marcus always Morris. like love trusting, loves Marcus Morris and like doesn't love Terrence Mann as much as I think like the numbers in the film would tell you that Terrence Mann is worth loving. The numbers and, like, in the much. film and that everything about Terrence Mann. Every, would. <laughs> and every person I follow on Twitter who like less likes or watches the Clippers a lot is like, hey, Terrence Mann's really good. Maybe they should play Terrence Mann. Is and, like, Terrence Mann the new Jared Vanderbilt in that we're just sort of waiting for him to get traded <laughs> so that people could say, what is steal for that team that got this player? But only if it's the Lakers because it's the prestige yeah, zone. And say, you get, like, helps, the prestige helps to go to, a, to, to one of the be- best if, teams if or Jared, most famous like if, teams in the league. If, if he ends yeah, up going yeah, to Boston, like, forget it. Like the Celtics will be like, just put him <laughs> in the Hall of Fame now. Just do it. Three. I'll, I'll do respect to the podfather whom I love. And I listened to earlier today doing a rewatchable show on catch me if you can a great film, but uh, that would be a three hour BS, BS, BS pod, uh, emergency show of yeah. Jared Vanderbilt. Or like it's actually good. Ilk. Look, like Terrence, Terrence man is, I know, but is like it'd be a three good. hour emergency prestige zone pod. If, if <laughs> that, there's that's just, what there's happens. these players that like NBA Twitter, if you just watch, if you just read NBA Twitter and didn't watch basketball and didn't look at box scores. Right. And you just based all of your NBA opinions off of NBA Twitter. I'm pretty sure people are like, wait, they didn't just trade Jared Vanderbilt for Kevin Durant straight up. Like, why couldn't they have done that? <laughs> yeah, and it's start, I feel like Terrence picks? Mann is getting there. He's not there yet, but yeah. he's getting there. Mm-hmm. Kenrich Williams is also on that team. Like Kenrich Williams is like, how many for how many yes. first? Is he matching the Mitchell? Is he matching the Mitchell Hall? Like, what what are we doing here yeah. with Kenrich Williams? I think Robert Covington so, was that once upon a time. Then he actually did yes. get traded for a ton of sure. picks at, at one point. And he's, yes. and he's uh and he's still and he's on the clipper and he's still on the clippers. Barely. He's there. Barely. So right, yeah. Robert I mean, Covington's I a good. That. That, that's a good name call. Uh, he's probably the first guy. He, this should be called the Robert, the annual Robert Covington Award. Guy who every like twenty nine fan bases are like, why don't we just trade for that guy? Yeah, hundred percent. So I I think the Zubach thing is a right place to go because I, number one, I think he's at stretch this year where he has not been nearly as good as you would like him to be. And I wonder if like the Clippers final form to some degree is going to be like Kawhi. You're going to guard a five. You're going to guard Jokic. They don't have the thing that teams have done against Jokic, which is I, Golden State did in the playoffs last year, which is put drain, put your bulky four on Jokic and then have your center help and really make life hard. Philly did that with P.J. Tucker and Embiid when these two teams played recently. I don't think the Clippers like totally have that unless it is like Kawhi plus Plumlee, you know, helping out of the dunker spot or whatever. I, but I think the Zubat shot is right to go. They should just play Terrence Mann more, embrace the small, and they're probably going to be really good. And like if Kawhi's playing at this level and he holds up and like Lord knows if he will, like it's just impossible to know in, to, in my opinion until he does it. This team is like this team is legit. 
The the other thing from this game, and I kind of wonder what you guys thought about it, was how you thought the end of regulation went for Denver. Because the Clippers make this big comeback, and it gets really close, and they have whatever whatever momentum exists. But then the last position for Denver, they get a full 24 seconds, and they win in overtime, so whatever. But they didn't like do anything. And Jokic is it, Kawhi's guarding Jokic, and the shot they get at the end of the game is a Bruce Brown three at the buzzer. Like that was that was weird to me. You have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic like on the floor, and you got like nothing out of that. And you know Jokic and Kawhi are not guys that are going to give you these great quotes and insight into what was going on between those two in that moment and what they're both kind of feeling there. But I, I just like Denver wins, so it doesn't matter. But I was like, I wanted a little more at the end of regulation. Like I, I just, I, I came a little lacking there when I'm, when yeah, I'm watching into that. I think it, to me, and and Wes, you can you can tell me what you think. But I feel like it takes it. You have to you have to make Jokic want to score. And it was like by the time overtime he's, rolled he's around, he's it was not like, a stat patter. He doesn't pad stats. Is that Kendrick the second Bill Simmons guys... reference that, uh, no. that we've had on the? On well, this no. Podcast? This is a this is a this That's is a Kendrick a... Perkins reference. Yeah. Kendrick oh, Perkins okay. is like okay. called Jokic a stat patter, and GJ Redick like ethered him, and now Kendrick Perkins seemingly wants to fight GJ Redick. So that's going great for Perk. But like that's that's what I feel like that was was just like Jokic being. He's not going to be the guy who's just like, give it to me and clear out. And, and I, I, if he has to be, he will. But I, I think it takes more to make him feel like he has to be than maybe other guys. And, and they did win. But yeah, I guess it's something to kind of tuck away. But he's just not going to play that way unless his back really is against the wall. And it tends to work out for him. So I don't know. I'm not worried. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. I never even went back and looked at that play after it happened. Yeah, because you're, like, you're sort of bummed out that they didn't get a good shot out of it. Maybe you're like, maybe Jokic should have shot it. And then... And then you just watch the rest of the game and then you just sort of forget about it. Um, at least I did. But yeah, I, I look, we're kind of having the same conversation with Jokic as people have had about Jokic last five years. And then, you know, he wins two back to back MVPs and it kind of gets away from it. But there was the big thing with him was why aren't you so why aren't you more aggressive trying to score and things like that? So, yeah, maybe there's parts of it that it's just like, hey, you know what? He likes to pass the ball. He passed the ball. It was the end of regulation. Big deal. You know, whatever. They go on to win the game. Um, I also just, like I said, I didn't go back and watch it. Maybe the Clippers defended it. Awesome. Like, and they did, they were playing yeah. really great defense towards the end of regulation. You had Kawhi playing awesome defense. Um, just, just pressing into the ball over and over again, Paul George going, being everywhere on the weak side and things like that. So I thought the Clippers defense was really great. And I thought, honestly, I don't even think the, the Clippers have that opportunity on that possession. If Kawhi doesn't hit some ridiculous shots over like the last four or five minutes before that too. So to me, that game was more just Kawhi hitting some ridiculous shots yep. than anything else. Um, yeah. He had a shot in that game where Michael Porter Jr., who did hit some big shots in this game, did a very Michael Porter Jr. thing, which was like not really pay attention on defense and get baited into a, a very easy and one from three for Kawhi. And I'm like, Michael Porter Jr., you got to you got to be better than it. He's like, you I got to shoot him all out, that though, stuff. He was also excellent. He making he, he, open shots and not open shots he, like he was he, he was will, hot as all hell. He will. People rightly, I think, talk about Murray not being there for them last year as like the big miss in in their in the the one and done playoff run last year. But like MPJ is just gonna light a team up in the playoffs this year. Like he's gonna have a game where he has like he has like thirty and just six of nine from from on corner threes because Jokic is just feeding him perfect passes. Like that will happen. He's incredible on offense. I'm just like the you're probably right. We're also gonna get the game where he does this in the playoffs and he blows a defensive assignment. 
And then the narrative against- will be, can you win a ch- can you win a championship if Michael Porter Jr. is a starter? And the defensive concerns are real. Like Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, is yeah. a nine foot taller Jordan Poole or a nine nine inch taller Jordan Poole almost sometimes. It's just like all the offensive stuff is great and it's loud and it and it's helpful in the in sort of the the net net of all things. But defensively, you just feel like you would want more, especially in like fourth quarters and important situations. And sometimes it just feels like both of those guys are just not completely mentally locked in the way you might want them to be. Uh, the difference between Michael Porter and, and Jordan Poole is that Michael Porter has less of an excuse because Jordan Poole's small uh, mm-hmm. it versus, uh, compared to Michael Porter. I mean, Porter, Michael so. Porter has like the worst back in the NBA. Not that that's like also an excuse true. that matters when the NB, end result is a win or a loss, but it turns out like not being able to stand up straight and not being able to get into a defensive stance because you've had multiple back surgeries. Yeah. It affects you on defense. It's, It'll it's be in the like article. I'm gonna give It'll be in the, the article. I'm telling you. Yeah, we're gonna get. Yeah. I'm, we are going to get both of these stories that Chris and, and I just. It's gonna be. Hey, this guy is such a luxury to have on a team with Jokic and Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon. And then we're also gonna get the story of did this did this Nuggets actually screw up by drafting Michael Porter Jr. when they did? Mm-hmm. And look, if if it's round two, and the maybe the the, the West endings are obviously very much in flux right now, but if the four five holds to and it's the Suns or the Clippers against the Nuggets who likely advance out of round one as, as the one seed. That's like a series where MPJ is just like in the scope of the entire series. Like that is I mean, like he's gonna some be no matter what. If like they're a championship team, towards, you know what I mean? Like they they are no, right but there. Like, he but, has to perform. But but think about those two teams specifically. If it's the Suns, it's Booker and it's Durant. And if it's the Clippers, it's yeah. Kawhi and Paul George. It's just like get ready to get run at. All right. Speaking of of impressive big performances tip of the hat to Damian Lillard 70 freaking one just ruining the Houston Rockets with three pointers everywhere I I gotta just say this isn't like a new take or anything like that Dame is Dame is bulletproof to me like this guy everything he does what he's about how he carries himself the way he plays with the physicality and the attack and the control I, I just love Dame. I, I hope the best for him and that he can maybe win something in, in a meaningful way someday. I kind of hope they at least get into the plan. But this this is this was absolutely a guy that if you're going to say who could score 70 plus, he's on this list. He's he's incredible. He's just awesome. Um, Yeah. Oh, but... about to be like, about to be like an, oh, anti-Dame wow. Wes Goldberg up in here. Unbelievable. I... I adore Damian Lillard. He's one of my favorite players to watch and has been for a very long time. I think he's awesome. And if he never wins a championship, to me, it does not matter. He's still one of the all-timers. Top 75 guy. Absolutely no question. Blah, 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 blah. He should have scored 72. Like, I, I just, Donovan <laughs> Mitchell just scored 71. And I, I just found it a little less awesome because Donovan Mitchell just did it a couple months ago. I was like, are we just capped at 71 now? I, did it Did it also hit less because it's against the Rockets who were just like objectively like horrendous and like not good at anything? Yeah, and also they came back at the end, which is why Damian Lillard was still in the game in that fourth quarter and things like that. So you're like, wow, Portland is really bad. Like Damian Lillard is scoring, what, what do you have, like 48 or something at the end of three quarters? Or, it was something crazy. And and it was like, and, they're, and the Rockets are still in this? Like the Rockets are never in anything. How are they in this? Like it doesn't make anything. It make doesn't make any sense. Um, but well, yeah, I just I wish he would have scored seventy two because it would have just been cooler. I just I feel like seventy one is less cool since Donovan Mitchell did it. You, well, you need your, your own number. Did you see the Mitchell tweet about this? That his he said his mom That's called it. him and was like, "You need to score seventy two now." 
Amazing. He does. Look, I mean, I mean, we got the <laughs> Wilt has 100, Kobe has 81, Donovan Mitchell has Somebody 71, and then Damian Lillard is really just here with is. like. Like he, we have, if he had we have a lot of guys with 70, a lot of guys. Oh, we have Kobe with 80, and then we have 100. Nobody's gotten 90. That's really the golden one. 91 is what, yeah, you're right. We need a 91. We need a 91-pointer. Lillard only had nine points in the third quarter. I think that that's the one where he played that's 10 he minutes it. of that quarter, only nine <laughs> points. Like, yeah, you're, you're slacking a little bit there, Dame. You're off your pace. But this guy, so this was the, the best true shooting percentage in a 70-plus point game in NBA history because he made so many threes, and I think he was like 14 or 14 from free throw range, um, or from yeah. the free throw line. Um, he's He has to be one of the more unique pairings of skills that we've ever seen, right? Because, like, on one play, he might look like he's John Morant. On the next play, it's like he's Clay Thompson, making a three with, you know, three guys bracketed around him and trying not to even let him catch the ball, let alone take a shot, and he gets it up. That's the part that always jumps out to me when he has these big performances. And he's been on a tear for basically this whole calendar year. But that's the crazy part is, is the combination of being like a dead eye shooter and one of the more yeah. athletic dudes in the NBA. Like that's, that's pretty crazy. I, I think that's the part that maybe doesn't get like a, a ton of credit when we talk about him. So this is uh, from uh, John Schumann's power rankings that he does every, every week, every Monday. He said uh, Damian Lillard's the only guy who's made more than 10 pull-up threes in a game, and he had 11 in that one on Sunday. Uh, He also mentioned that Dame's uh, 71 points came in 11 fewer minutes than Donovan Mitchell. So a lot of reasons why this was super cool. I just wish it would have been 72. Just a different (laughs) number. That's all I'm I'm saying. That's fair. That's fair. Who's next? Who do you guys think is next on this? Because that's the – we're going to keep seeing these. The, The spacing, the proclivity to take the threes. Uh, the pace, all the stuff we know is is leading to these these huge scoring performance. Not even just the 270s, but Giannis, I think, had 60, right? So um, it feels like Luka, I think Luka had 60-something, yep. right? He could be, mm-hmm. he could crack 70. I think Tatum could crack 70. I wouldn't surprise me if Booker got, got up to this point again. Durant, I think his career high is like 50. I don't know if he'll, he might be too old to really get, get the minutes. I, I kind of like Devin Booker, like too. This. I like Devin mm-hmm. Booker for this because of how much attention KD is going to get. Booker can just go off. Booker, like the thing with Dame and 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 Donovan Mitchell and when Steph would kind of get into these zones too and Luka, obviously, it's like you hear shooters all side like, yeah, I felt like I was just shooting into the ocean all the time. And for these guys, it really just looks like it. It's just like that ball from like 32 feet, they just throw it up there and it just goes in. It's got like a magnet. It goes to the basket. It goes through the net and there's nothing you can do about it. And Devin Booker, when he gets into these zones, could be very similar. And, and he's got that deep bag. He could do it from all three levels, too. Yeah. Let me hit you guys with a couple other candidates before we, we move to the next topic. Can I throw an SGA? Doesn't shoot the threes, but the, the free throw thing with him could just be like accumulation, accumulation, accumulation. It would be a little harder for him because of the, like, just a, it's a math problem, but like, I would have him on the list. Just that the bag for him is deep and he's going to get, like, it would not shock me if he had a game where at some point where he had like 20 free throws. Mm-hmm. And it's just well, like he has the ball in his cash. hands constantly. Like that's the that's the thing yes. with him. I mean, we don't know if that'll be the same thing next year. Guys will keep getting better. They might trade and draft more players that are more at his level. But right now, it's just like every possession starts and ends with him. It feels like so that, that that's not a bad one. Anthony Edwards would not shock me if Anthony Edwards at some point that's just like thinking. just is like I want to do this, and it just like at some point like. Maybe that's the sign that he's like leveling up to the next level of whatever Anthony Edwards is going to be. And he's just like, 
F this, I'm taking over this game. I'm going to just score as many points as possible. Like I think back to like the Booker uh, Boston game when, when Booker just kind of went off and now they lost that game, but he just like went out and did the thing. Like it wouldn't shock me if Ant has a game like that where he just is really hot, really comfortable and just kind of goes off. No D-Lo to take shots now too. <laughs> True. Just ignores Carl Anthony Towns standing in the corner. Gobert's in the dunker spot with his hands up and he's just like, nah, bro. I'm, That's I'm, what they did I'm the first scoring. 20 games of the year before Cat got hurt. So I already <sighs> practiced at it. How many picks for Cat in the summer? Two? Three? One one in a protected? You think you get you get three and then you get like a young that'll be after the draft and some but some guy that got picked at like number twenty two is like another fake first rounder, like the local beat guys will be like, that was also a first rounder, like not really. Yeah, and but then, then it turns out a, to be like there'll be a swap in there that gets thrown into well, another like, first rounder. Then it's like, not really. Then it's like Walker Kessler, and then it's like, oh, it's exactly. like that player. I was just gonna say that then. that fake extra first was actually their their like future starting center all of a sudden. <laughs> I was so high on Walker Kessler coming into the draft too, and I thought I was I thought I was taking crazy pills. I was like, is nobody else? I'm not trying to take credit for Walker Kessler, but I literally brought on Bruce Pearl to talk about uh, on Locked On Heat to talk about Walker <laughs> Kessler, and then I asked him one Jabari Smith question at the end, and I was never as high on Jabari Smith either. I was like, what You're am like, I let's not talking about the real guy? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm very happy to see Walker Kessler, Kessler Walker doing, doing well. Yes. All right. Last, last guy Embiid. I just Googled Joel Embiid career high points while you guys were talking. So that shows that I, I was on the same okay. page. His career high is 59. I could see it. I could see him. I think cracking, Damian, Lillard, at least I think Damian Lillard could do it. I think Damian Lillard yeah. could do it again. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Maybe the answer is just Wemby, though. You know, yeah. Like three years from now, it. Wemby's just like, mm-hmm. here's mm-hmm. Wemby. I don't know. You talk that's, about that's like it has question. to have a heavy dose of threes, right? I think that like the Shea thing is interesting. I think you probably lean toward guys who are going to at yeah. least be able to get up like ten to fifteen threes. Um, is the watch answer Caitlin Clark? Just, Chris? Is the answer Caitlin oh, yeah, Clark? The, is she about to score seventy? Yes, yeah. Also, watch it just be Jokic. Just watch yeah, yeah. it just be Jokic, just a troll job. No assist, 100-point game from Nicole Jokic. Just, just chef's kiss stuff. All right, guys, Caitlin Clark. I want to just, I want to just, the game winner she had against Indiana is one of the most exciting plays we have seen in basketball all year, regardless of sport, regardless of level, anything. She is purely one of the most exciting basketball players alive right now. And if you don't think so, you are wrong. You don't like, then you're, you're just wrong. You just are. The poise, the shot making, her her willingness to just shoot from everywhere, it is the full package. She is a superstar right now at Iowa. The I don't know if you guys saw the the clip they put out of the game winner, but I like that is the new standard for how I want game winners to be shot. That was like in 4K. That was Martin Scorsese being like, "This is cinema." This was incredible. I need that for everything. I and if NBA teams can't do that, then like that that's a problem. She is going to be a superstar on the NBA, WNBA. That is going to happen. I don't know where she'll end up. I don't know like what expansion looks like. But God, she is going to be a star. Like maybe she goes ahead of Paige Beckers when they both come out. If they both come out in that at the same time, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem unreasonable to me at this point, considering Paige's injury history. Caitlin Clark is a superstar. She is the most exciting player at that level in a lot of ways right now. And like I just every time she plays, she's going to do something incredible. You have to watch. We this is uh, this is just we're in the cornfields. The flag is up. This is pro Caitlin Clark. Let's let, let's keep this hype train rolling. Nothing. Wow. I did, did not do my job to get anyone excited about Caitlin Clark. This is troubling. I'm moving to Des Moines, I guess. No, you're uh, you're good. I, I think. Uh, well, my mic came unplugged. I, I was not Brendan, trying. 2024 and 
2024 Cleveland, Ohio Final Four. Need Kalen Clark in it. I'm just saying. Uh, the 2024 it. WNBA draft is going to change the WNBA. Um, that that's that's what the real kind of story is. I think big picture here. And you mentioned two of the people. There's a ton more. This is this is going to be crazy. It's it's really going to change the league. And I think with Kalen Clark, it's going to change how basketball is played. Like we all thought that Kelsey Plum was going to come in and change a lot of things. She did. She finally figured it out really the past couple of years was an MVP candidate last year. She was kind of the first incarnation of this whole thing. Um, but the ability to take and make deep, deep threes is something that not a lot of guards have in that league, you know, partially because they're smaller, partially because they're not, you've given that freedom, but the, the W is, is also obviously going through a, a transformation just like the NBA is. And, and people are, realizing three is more than two space is better than cramped and pace is better than playing slow. So she might kind of be the person to really kick it into gear, but yeah, she, she is, she is a show under herself. I'm excited to watch what she does in March this year. Yet again, she said she might play her COVID year. So she might be at college for two more seasons. We'll see. I don't want that selfishly because I'm not trying to watch Iowa for another two years. I want to watch like the mystics or something and and have her actually be a pro, but Hey, NIL money hits pretty good. Is she the, is she she gets like high V money, which is like a legit like a big supermarket tons of money. for her. But is she yeah, like the she, and, and she's doing it for I know, Iowa, yeah. the planes that we referenced a minute ago. So look, she's uh she's right where she needs to be, but I, I, I want her to I want her to make the jump. Okay, I, I will say I've been to the University of Iowa campus and like that, you know, honestly, pretty nice place. Okay. And if you're from there, good good for that. Okay. Is she like the the first player that would be like super stoked to go to the indiana fever i don't think anybody should or would be stoked to go to the indiana <laughs> fever they've had like five coaches in the past so two we... years and like four gms so uh no. so we do we want to speed up expansion do we want to put her in chicago like wh- where are we putting Caitlin i don't think Clark? she needs to where be close to the lottery? i mean i know she picked iowa for that reason but you know she should be wherever she's going to have the best career i mean phoenix how's that sound i would be down miami miami like team yeah, yeah, you guys, get WNBA you guys just Miami. need to figure out yeah. getting a team in your cities back, getting getting returning yeah. a team to where you live. I'll, I'll yeah. take her because we already yeah. have. Yeah, that, yeah, I know San Francisco's the, been trying to get one too. That that's the weirdest one is that San Francisco doesn't have one yet. Um, considering that Toronto Joe Lacob has been out there being like, we want one, and it's like, cool, you just built a stadium. Like, why don't you have one? And he's like, we're working on it. And I was like, is it kind of just up to you? Just, just do it. Make it. Make it just happen. Do it. Like, I, don't, I just don't understand what you're waiting for. Waiting on the James Wiseman trade to free up some money, too. Like, you didn't <laughs> have the tax bill eating in your wallet yeah. as much. That's why they went through with the game. No, I, I just thing. think that this is, right. this is like, I remember the INSQ hype. What was that? Pre pandemic? Right during the yeah, her rookie year was the, the bubble. Of it. it was, it yeah, yeah. So it was like, and maybe maybe it was a little thrown off because of the pandemic, but it was it was up there, right? And I was living in Northern California at the time, so it was like really really high, um, in my part. But like nationally, you can kind of feel it, like because of the Kobe relationship and everything like that, and then everything that happened with Kobe and then the pandemic. And I, I wonder if it almost took the wind out of her sails a little bit because this Caitlin Clark thing just feels like it's at another level. And maybe it is just the three-point shooting, and we all love that. Mm-hmm. We're so we're like used to seeing it in the NBA, and so now that we're seeing something that we can in the in the WNBA that is sort of like exactly what Brendan was just saying. It's like okay, this is where it's going. Cool, because we like this, so keep doing this over here. But you know, it's the same thing as Tiger Woods. Like Tiger Woods came to the PG the PGA, started driving the ball longer than anybody else. He looked different than everybody else, and he was a star. And some people just have that unquantifiable star potential, and you could try to define it. We could say it's the threes or whatever it is, and there's a lot of truth to it, but some people are just stars, and obviously she has it. 
I mean, there's and Brendan, you said this. There's like a bunch of players in that in her class that have it. Paige Paige definitely has it. Cameron Brink is going to be like incredible for a long time. Angel Reese, Haley Van Lith, like there's like just a deep pool in that class that are all going to like I think make waves when they get there. Um, but we'll come back to that. We'll be talking much much more about Caitlin Clark and and that is the alliteration is. helps too. Yeah, you're not wrong. Good logos. It's like a it's a very like. Clark Kent Superman. And she's kind confident of thing. as hell. Yeah, it I, it like, if helps. you can't tell from the way she plays, I've interviewed her one time and I was like, why Iowa? Like, what are you guys going to do this year? All this stuff. And she's like, she just kind of like, wow, you call it coastal, coastal, yeah, coast, elite, uh, the Brendan coast Green here in Phoenix like, where I, we melt all for six months a year. No, uh, I just was kind of like curious. Yeah, I know it was, it was home for her, but yeah, no, she is the minute that she gets that, that stage, which she already has, but you know, it's going to come with, more winning and 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 the professional jump that she's going to eventually make, like she'll she'll be able to to talk the talk as well, and and she's going to be a a star in that regard as well, um, for sure. All right, one last bit of news: LeBron James is going to be out in an extended period of time. Lakers are now one game out of the plan. They have the fourth easiest remaining schedule in the league. Guys, I got to tell you, this just kind of feels like I'm I'm ready to like put the Lakers in the ground for the year. Yeah, Sean, Sean. Two weeks and then a reevaluation. That's tough. That's tough. This feels at his. At his uh, it, it it's you know what I'm gonna say it. This is a bummer. I know that everybody yeah, is like anti Lakers. It it's just like man, I kind of like this team. I wasn't like I wasn't ready to say that they were contenders in the West, but like I feel like sometimes it's like, are you a contender? Are you ready to win a championship? Or you're not. I'm like I don't know. I just wanted to see LeBron in the playoffs again. That to me is a fun thing. And so um, now it seems like it's going to be a long shot. I don't know. The only way they survive a minimum of two weeks without LeBron is if Anthony Davis just goes total MVP nuclear level. And I know everybody's, oh, well, he, he was doing that earlier in the year and then he got hurt. And I was like, yeah, he was kind of just doing it for six games, though. It wasn't like a, a super long stretch. I think we over, sort of overrate what that, what that stretch was for him. Uh, but he's got to get there. And if he doesn't, then they have no chance. I watched, so the, the Suns got the Lakers that year. They went to the finals in the first round, right? That was the 2-7 matchup. LeBron beat Steph in that play-in, and it felt like they were coming together at the end of that season. Um, and then Anthony Davis gets trotted out there when he shouldn't have, and LeBron's ankle was bothering him. And um, it felt like that might have been the end. Like, I, I really had that moment. We all talked, well... It was the last year he wore six and Devin Booker got his jersey, but there was also like this weird plot of like, is that the end? Was that really it? And the Lakers-Suns rivalry, all this stuff covering that series. I really hope that wasn't the end. And I, I still hope that because mm -hmm. it's not even just like the playoffs or anything else, but it's just been this weird dichotomy of him marching up the scoring record and, and having the team success not match it and just his individual spectacular play not aligning with success with the team is just so strange to see from a legendary player. And I don't know. He chose it. I don't know how like bad I can truly feel, but I don't want that moment or the, the championship in the bubble to be like the last thing we really remember from him 20 years from now. But foot is just not good. Like I, I know we can talk about the injury and the timeline and all that stuff, but you know, he's had some ankle stuff, groin, abdomen, all these different things throughout the years. But you hear foot and you hear it popped and you hear indefinite absence and it starts to be like, all right, yeah. you know, he's he's getting close to 40. Those are the types of injuries that start to make you worry. And I don't want to worry, but it, it, you got it to at some point. 
here's where here's where my brain goes in like a bigger picture way that isn't really even i'm gonna admit that it's, i don't think it's even totally fair but number one i think probably the, the extension with the lakers was going to be a mistake for him if he's trying to contend for like a title again that feels like very kind of clear now secondly he should be on the Kawhi plan the rest of the way don't play back-to-backs limit your minutes like that if LeBron truly wants to be able to like maybe make one more push and, and get another ring and get and get five. Well, then you I think it then you have to, to trade then you have to trade Anthony Davis because they both can't be on the Kawhi plan because the great thing about the Kawhi plan Correct. is that you got Paul George in a deep roster. And so you're allowed to do the Kawhi plan. So and the, the Lake, I mean, that's what I mean. I don't know if the Lakers are the franchise that allow him to mm-hmm. be on the Kawhi plan. There are other places he could go that would allow him to to. Do the thing he's done very well in his career, which is pivot at the right times. He has pivoted when hit the situation he's in has reached an end point. He did it in Cleveland once. He did it in Miami. He did it in Cleveland again. And then he didn't do it with the Lakers. You could really argue that and a lot of it was his fault. Like the Russ stuff was was it, that's on him. Like we, there's all that reporting that tells us he was like, get me Russ. And Anthony Davis was like, get me Russ. That Lakers thing reached an end point, And I think he probably could have just been like, I'll hit for agency next year and, and have a chance to pit out of it again. And like, lo and behold, there would have been something in a certain city he's played in before that would have been really ready made for him to be on the Kawhi plan yeah, until he's 40. You, you want him back. That's all right. Yeah, Sounds yeah. like you think you should be on the... No, the Heat I would be a great... No, the Heat... He's right. The Heat would be a great <laughs> spot for LeBron. No, because, but like, yeah. honestly, can you imagine him and Jimmy and... Like, Jimmy and Bam would be great for him. They would be, it, yeah. It'd be, be great awesome. for him. Either one of those. Go go anywhere that isn't the Lakers at this point. He's probably a little bit better to be in a Kawhi plan. Like he could have picked other teams. He could have. The problem is go to, to Memphis. To West's you know? point too, though. Uh, AD is one reason that he can't necessarily play it that way. The second reason is they need him to be awesome. Even with Anthony Davis healthy mm-hmm. and good, I think you you need LeBron's production and and the depth is really the the kind of key other part and. You know, we're not going to do a whole Russell Westbrook conversation again right now, but um, that that was really the inflection point, and it came right after the series that I was just talking about. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we all I think are hoping we see it one more time, but it doesn't feel like anything is aligned for that to happen right now. If if it if we are going to go really big picture on this, it might not be that big of a deal, right? Like I think we would have liked to see, I I. You would have liked to see the Lakers in the playoffs. You would have liked to see LeBron James in the playoffs again. But the chances that they were actually going to win a championship this year were slim to none. Like, they were not going to win the championship this year. Correct. And so, if you're talking about LeBron's legacy and having to try to get another ring and and all these things, you could still kind of go into this offseason, keep retooling the Lakers around this group, what you did after the deadline with Jared Vanderbilt, future Hall of Famer, D'Angelo Russell, and all these other things, Malik Beasley. And then you continue to retool this roster and then you go into next year with maybe a real shot to go ahead and win the championship. Maybe that involves somebody being on the Kawhi plan or something, or maybe more of a load maintenance kind of deal. But um, big picture, this probably isn't going to impact his legacy, but the, he's probably going to be dealing with nagging injuries for the rest yep. of his career. Yep. That's absolutely true. It'd be just be more fun to see him get to like play real stuff and yeah, get to compete. Sure. And we're not. We're just not, and that 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 is the biggest problem. All right, main topic of the day, we are going to draft our NBA title contenders. We have odds here that I'll read off as a team gets picked from BetMGM. Wes, you're the guest. We're gonna go. We're gonna go snake draft. Okay. And you're you get the first pick. Wait, who's who gets the second pick? And then so uh, I, Brendan, Brendan, let's go. We'll go rock paper scissors okay, right now. This is gonna be go. great audio. All right. Look, the uh, all fantasy everything does this yeah, and it works. Go. 
Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You're not showing me your hand. How am I supposed to Rock. believe what you're doing? Okay. Okay, here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I still can't. Chris is not showing his hand. And okay. And I, twice, I will be going second. I decided that. Yeah, that's fine. I, fine. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the turn. I'm okay, on the turn. Great. This is great stuff for me. Wes, go, go for it. Go first. Yeah, that's right. I don't know, it kind of feels like cheating to do a snake draft with three people. Um, <laughs> fine. You know what? No snake draft. Wait, so how am I doing this? Am I it's just like team I trust you, the most to win the championship? It is, it is, yeah, we're going to betting, yeah, odd, betting exactly. odds for context. Betting odds for context. You can go value. You can go just do you want to be right when the championship is when the champion is crowned and Doris Burke or whoever wa walks up there and gives the trophy away. Whatever you will feel good about. But the point is you want to you want to be the closest to being right. So I'm going to, I'm just going to go chalk here. I'm going to go Milwaukee. Number one. Um, I just, I, it comes down to me. Like to me, there's a clear top three. It's Milwaukee, Boston, and Denver. And I just, for some reason, I still trust Milwaukee the most because they're the best defensive team in that group. And then they have Giannis. And I think we do this every year and then the playoffs come around. And then we realize that the playoffs are very different than the regular season. And I'm not knocking Boston or Denver, but those I know, but the bucks have been so bad offensively. I don't think that it's going to be as big of an issue in the playoffs as it's being made out to be. Whereas Boston and Denver will still be awesome on offense, but I do have some other questions in their roster. But at the end of the day, I just trust the Bucs. They've got Giannis. They've won a championship with this core. That defense is going to translate. Giannis is going to translate. Brooke Lopez has never been better in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform. Yep. Drew Holiday has been awesome. And Chris Milton, his best basketball is ahead of him in this season. So I'm going Milwaukee number one. Plus 500 for the Bucks at Bet GMM, uh, Bet MGM. They are they had the best net rating in the league in February. They were incredible the entire month. I, that was the number one team on my board as well. I, I think Giannis is the guy that I would be most scared of seeing as a two-way monster in the playoffs right now. Uh, Drew Holiday's, as you shouted, has had a great season. We'll see what Crowder ultimately gives them and everything and see if he kind of can fill some of that P.J. Tucker stuff from when they did win the title. That's an interesting little thing to watch, but... That would have been my number one pick as well. I, I liked his minutes early too. They also haven't lost a game yeah. in a month. Yeah, they're exactly. really good. Like they, like, like. <laughs> What's interesting to me about this though is they're not chalk, right? Like we just read the odds. They're third. Yeah. They have the third odds. Yeah, and that that kind yeah. of surprised me. Like I wrote yeah. this thing for Dime after the playoffs last year, where I was like, even though Milwaukee lost, this this year showed us. Last year's playoffs showed us like just like it was LeBron for a long time in the East, the, the East goes through Giannis. You have to beat him if you're going to get where you want to go. And the odds are entering each playoffs on the East bracket, you're going to feel like Giannis is, is the favorite to emerge, even if he's not on the number one seeded team. He may well get there this year, if that, especially if they continue to never yep. lose games. Um, and I, I love his just disposition and everything. You know, everything you're saying, he knows mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. And he's... And, and I just feel like he's so comfortable. He wore like a blanket on the Daily Show the other day. Did you see these clips of him on the Daily Show? He's yes. wearing like a blanket on TV. That's confidence. So <laughs> I, I like everything that I'm saying. Yeah, and I like that. I, I don't know. The more that I watch them, I kind of like that they're bringing Middleton along slowly. Like every time I turn on a game, I'm like, yes. can we just, can he play 35 minutes and start? And then I, but after I like go through the logic, I realized, okay, this is smart because they're still winning. And, and they're able to, to not overburden him. He got re-injured when he first came back and he was dealing with personal stuff and whatever. So it's like, hey, if you can do both, then, then you absolutely should. And uh, I think people will, will kind of forget the impact that he could have because he wasn't on the team last playoffs. And 
Uh, he hasn't been healthy much this year, but this is a guy who had, you know, a 40 piece, if not two in the finals when they won, when they won at all. Um, all right. My number two, the number two pick here, um, by way of my excellent rock, paper, scissors skills, uh, is going to be the Phoenix suns. Um, oh, maybe wow. that's a, maybe Shocker. that's a home. Yeah. That, that might be a Homer pick. Um, but as much as I think there is a ton of reason to doubt that this all can be pulled off in the span of 20 games. Durant will make his debut the, the day this show goes up. I just think if there's anybody who can do it, it's Kevin Durant. And I just think you have to bet on the overall talent. I think the Suns would have in a series against Denver, the third and fourth best players in that series. And maybe number one, depending on how you feel about Durant versus Jokic. Um, and I think aside from that, I, I don't think there's a team in the West that that super scares me outside of whatever we might see from the Clippers. So with that all said, and the fact that I do still think they have enough depth to get it done, provided Monty Williams can kind of pull the strings the right way, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Phoenix. That is chalk actually too. Which to go back to what Wes said with his top three, the Nuggets are fourth with plus 700 at BetMGM. The Suns are plus 450. They're in the number two slot ahead of Milwaukee. I'm sure they did that did it that way in part because it's East West at the top, but um, the Suns are, are the, are the betting favorites here as well in the West. Well, and look, if you told me that like they they play Denver at some point in the playoffs and like they are the team that kind of like really pushes the Jokic defensive stuff to like a, a conversational breaking point via mid range. They already did. Wouldn't shock they me didn't even they, have Kevin Durant and they already if, did that. But if they do it in a seven game series with Durant and Booker, on that stage, that's just that that will signify something bigger. Like I, it just will, and like that's not even really totally fair to Jokic. Like every player has flaws, but if he kind of gets put out in that way, that's a statement. Like that, and it is, and it. And it you're right to say that if anyone is gonna do this, I, I think it figure it out on the fly. Like LeBron would be on the list, and I think it's Durant's the other one because he's so easy to play with as far as superstars go. There's no one more bendable and flexible and willing to just like fit in what he does and make everyone else around him better as a superstar in the way Durant does. There's not like a, a cur- there, there will be a learning curve in terms of timing and things, but there's not like a massive learning curve with Kevin Durant joining your team. He's, he's just easy to play with in that way. Yeah, it's sort of like when he joined Golden State, you have to figure out the Warriors system and the ball movement and all that crazy stuff that they do around Steph. And, and that is hard. That, that's not easy, you know, playing with Steph. He's, Steph is a great teammate and all these things, but he's not like easy to play with in the fact that because. He just runs around and you're like trying to just stay out of his way half the time, but also trying to make an impact your, yourself. And then in, in Brooklyn, he just walked in. He's like, I'm just going to do it this way. And everybody's like, yep, cool. Awesome. And then now in Phoenix, he's got to play with two other stars and Chris Paul and Devin Booker and then figure out like the DeAndre Ayton bit. And there's an, there's an established thing there like it was in Golden State, but it's not like this Golden State vexing offense craziness. It's just like, all right, yeah, you want to get into your mid-range looks? Cool. Get in your bag, do your thing, have fun. You're going to play with a bunch of guys that are going to get you the ball. We're going to play defense. Uh, we got that already established. We have championship experience. Um, just go out there and be a part of it. And, and so it's kind of like both the Brooklyn thing and the Golden State thing. It's like kind of somewhere in the middle there. Why do you like Denver more? Wes? Me? Yeah. Um, you, said, you said you had Denver at the top of the West, right? Yeah. So I have Denver there just, uh, first of all, I think they're awesome. I think Nik- Nikola Jokic is awesome. I love everything about this team. Defensively, yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned there, even though some of the numbers are better than they've been in the past. But sure, um, I just have them at the top because they've been there all year long, and I'm not going to doubt them. And and I, 
it wouldn't shock me if Phoenix got out of the West, but to say that Phoenix is better than Denver, I also think that that's just a lie, or maybe it's just a projection at this point where Denver right now is the best team in the West. Oh, it, it's absolutely a projection because Kevin Durant hasn't played yet, and he, <laughs> yeah, his right, first game that. his first game is against the Charlotte Hornets, who you know have won a bunch of games in a row, but Lamelo Ball's now done for the year, and like like their seasons their season is about Victor Wembanyama or Scoot Henderson or whomever they're gonna or a Thompson twin or whatever that's gonna be. Like that, that team is that that's like a great that's like a that's like a warm up game for Kevin Durant, which good right. for him. That That's smart on Phoenix's part. Speaking of the Nuggets, though, I'm going to take them third. They're if they're a bet. But MJ has them at plus 700. That's the fourth best odds. Everything West said is true. Everything we've talked about with Jokic in the show earlier in the show is true. The offense is just overwhelming. It just is like if there's a, if there is any shootout in the league that happens in the playoffs, they're going to be able to keep pace. I love I love their collection of wings. You know, maybe they don't have that like apex kind of wing you might like to have, but KCP and Aaron Gordon with the season he's having, and Bruce Brown as defensive options, MPJ is the shooter. Like they have just a lot of guys I like, and it's Jokic. Like I, he is, you know, he hasn't won yet. I don't think there's like something about him that makes me think he's not equipped to win in the playoffs. That guy and that team are legit, and they if they are not if the Suns are your favorite, I don't think that's unreasonable. I would have the Nuggets' favor with the Suns a little bit behind right now. So I feel very good about getting them with my pick here. They have the best home court advantage in the league. It's going to be, they have the number one seed. Beating them four times in Denver is going to be really hard. And by the way, they're pretty good on the road too. So I just, they're number one until I'm proven otherwise. Right, I want to point pick. out about go that. Boss. Hold yeah, on. I want to point Brandon. out about that series against Phoenix a couple years ago because I think it does get, it gets swept under the, oh, that was when everyone was hurt category a lot. And it was really just Murray. Um, and so you're, if you're talking mm. about defensively being able to stop a team like like the Suns, or even we can separate it even out from just that matchup. You could go Dallas or the Clippers or whatever they might end up facing. You're really relying on like the combination of KCP and Bruce Brown being a, a step up on the perimeter defensive end so that you're not pushing so much of the cleanup duty onto Gordon as a help man or onto Jokic at the rim or these types of things. And that worries me too. So I think that's part of why I'm a, I'm a little bit down on Denver and why I would put the Suns ahead is I just think we've seen the defense not be able to, to do exactly what you needed to do in a playoff scenario where really the only guy absent was Murray, who's not a difference maker defensively in the first place. Yes, there's the obvious well, if their offense is amazing, that helps their defense. I know that, but um, I don't. I do, I feel like it's a little unfair that we say, okay, well, two years of playoff track record doesn't count because because Jamal Murray was out. It's like, well, right. we learned some things, and I think one of the things we learned is their defense can be pushed to the brink with with the right skill set, and the Suns have that. Very excited about uh, any Denver possibilities in in the playoffs. Can't wait to kind of see. I just can't. I want like Golden State would be incredibly fun for them if that is something that maybe could happen right off the bat via the Golden State being in the play in, you know, maybe they get like a, a team they're most likely just a knockoff. Like if they get Minnesota in in the first round, like let's just move on to, to round two and call it a day. No offense to the to this to the wonderful state of Minnesota. Um all right, Boston Celtics are my pick here as we as we come around the bend. They're plus 300. That's the best odds in the league at Ben and Jim. I don't have them as my top team in the East either. I, I would also um, for Milwaukee's chances of winning the title, but Tatum's great, Brown's great, and having I think one of the best seasons of his career. They're pretty healthy. I love their collection of guards. Um, Tatum, and I just think Tatum is one of the very best players in the league. And like even the other night against Philly, 
He does not have like what I what, what I think we can dub like a good game. It was kind of like not a, an A plus Jason Tatum game. He's one of six from three, but he makes two threes late. He's gonna be there at the very end. If you're close, you have to handle that. And they're just gonna like with the size advantage with those wings, they're gonna be able to get functional shots even in those kind of situations. Like they just are. So little concerns about the defense. We'll see what if Time Lord holds up. We'll see if Horford holds up over that long playoff run. We'll see if they just if some of the guards just can make enough shots in the right series. But there's no reason, I think, not to have picked this team any lower than this. I think it would have been wrong of me to pick the Clippers or the Sixers or any other teams ahead of the of the Celtics at this point in, in our little draft. You said they had the best betting line or best whatever the best yeah, odds. Plus they're so yeah. plus three. They're plus three hundred. Suns are second at plus four yeah. four fifty. So whatever reason the betting market has them as the the favorite, like pretty significantly uh, right now. This that was not. I think you already got the best value so far in this in this draft. Um, that it was close for me picking Boston number one. I almost went with the Celtics number one here um, for all the reasons you said. The other thing too is if they if they just get hot shooting, like we've seen this in the playoffs, that can win you a championship. We've seen this over and over and over again. And the way that they started the season, if they can get to eighty percent of that in the playoffs, just from three point shooting perspective, like it's it's going to be really hard to beat them. Then when you look at their competition, whether it's Milwaukee or Philadelphia or Cleveland or whoever it is, on paper, they kind of have the most obvious counters, the most obvious mismatches that other teams are going to have to deal with, the most obvious ways to beat other teams. Um, and, you know, adding the guys that they added over the last eight months, basically, it kind of also takes away like those Peyton Pritchard minutes and things like that, that they were sort of forced to go to. So I, I think they're really, really good. Uh, like I said, it was really hard for me to go between Milwaukee or Boston. Ultimately, I just went with Giannis because he's Giannis and he's the best player in the world, arguably. And then, and then, but you know, I think you got the best value in the draft already. Yeah. The Celtics, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me why they'd be at the top, right? They were in the finals last year. They've been the number one seed in the East all along. It's going to be kind of hilarious to me. I think to watch if Boston doesn't get that one seed, there's going to some, there's going to be a narrative that there's some sort of underdog here. And that's going to be kind of funny to watch because they're dominant. They're 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 a machine. They know what their rotation is. They know what their system is. They haven't really changed what they are because of Missoula. Obviously, he was there last year, and and Stevens kind of picks has picked coaches that are going to continue to run a version of what he ran. And so that institutional knowledge is going to take them a long way. You look at Tatum; he's more efficient this year. The turnovers are down. I think he has improved in the areas you would have wanted to see from him. It's it's incremental because he's already so great. But I feel better about him leading a team to a championship than I did last year. I think even just having gone through that one time will help him from a, you know, IQ and, and, and mental processing of everything standpoint. So it's, this is probably the most balanced deep and, and like logically put together team of anyone going in and, and that, that should take them a long way. Can I, one last thing about Boston before we go to West's next pick, this will be Joe Missoula's first run through this. Right. Yep. If he coaches against, it'd be Budenholzer with with Milwaukee. You know, Doc has been there, done that in the East. You know, this would be JB Bakersaf's first time as well if they were to play Boston. But he's gonna have to like go through this for the first time. And I know he was around. Like, it's not like he hasn't been in these situations via being an assistant. But we're gonna. I, I think that is like something of a wild card. It's just to see how Missoula looks as a coach over the course of possibly four rounds. Like that will be a new experience. And what what buttons does he push? Does he does he kind of pull the right levers at the right time that that is something that i think you just it's a little bit more of an unknown versus like a, a boonholzer or or like a monty williams like it, it is just a, yeah. i think something to consider there 
I think it would be less of an issue if maybe an Eric Spolstra or Nick Nurse or like Rick Carlisle team were at the top of the Eastern Conference. Nothing sure. against like Mike Boonholzer or Doc Rivers, but you know, it's, it's, there's just a little bit of a difference. You know what I mean? It's not like the LeBron or the Giannis of coaches are standing there at the top of the conference with higher yeah. seats. So yeah, um, he's not going to get like pop in round one, or like right. he's not going to get like a Steve Kerr like coach right. in, in round one right. like yeah that i think that's that's very fair that he has he's not necessarily maybe they get miami if, if things get weird but like there's no one in the east that i think you you're right to say that is like locked in is like a top five is it my pick or is West, it brennan's pick uh oh yeah it's it is brennan's pick. pick excuse me I'm not i forgot how sync just worked i think this is obviously the top four um the what we just did so i think now is kind of yeah, when the, when it goes a little haywire, depending on, you know, to each their own, the, the taste of the of the chooser. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers here. Okay. I So they are plus 1,200 at BetMGM. They are not the fifth highest. We'll, we'll save the reveal for a moment on who is, but they are the sixth best odds. And I get that. I get that they are, are not going to enter any of this as as the favorite but I, I i like them in their first round kind of regardless of who they play i think i think they're going to get to the second round and that's been their that's been their 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 pushing point right we don't we don't know what comes next after that but i i think that they have the best roster top to bottom of the joel Embiid era i think that they have answers for different things whether even a, a move like the jalen mcdaniels addition the pj tucker acquisition in the offseason was really good. DeAnthony Melton has helped them. I think that they're just more versatile and more interchangeable than they have been, which is why I like them, I think, more right now than I have in most, you know, early marches of Joel Embiid's career, even aside from the fact that Ben Simmons is gone. Joe, uh, Joe, James Harden has not been quite as efficient lately. I think he's, he's had some, some ugly shooting nights coming out of the break, but he's adapted and adjusted his game to a good spot i feel like he's comfortable being really like that point guard type of guy i just think that they're they're similar to boston to me and that i kind of get what all of it is supposed to look like and that's a really valuable weapon i do think it's fair to doubt Embiid and harden however so uh, i'm sure that'll be the rebuttal that's that i'm about to hear but but they're my pick harden was great against memphis i would want to i want to say that the, the the game he had against memphis uh on february 23rd was one of the best games I think he's played all season. And if that if you get that Harden enough in the playoffs, like that, that that team's absolutely there. My skepticism just is is Harden based. It just is like that's not totally fair to him. But like if he does what it's he did fair. against Miami last year, if he did what he did against Miami last year, like they're not getting to where they can go with Embiid. And yeah. I think the reason to be optimistic about them would be Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is is in the MVP race still. He's one of the very best players alive. He's going to have a playoff breakthrough moment at some point. In the same way, I think Jokic will. I think Embiid will as well. He's too good not to have that. Maybe it's this year, but he also, just with how good some of these other teams are on these, he needs Harden, he needs Maxi, he needs Tobias Harris to hit enough threes. Depending on how you feel about Doc Rivers at this point in time as well, I think that's like kind of an interesting question. Um, but it, I, I don't think... This is also like where I would have gone if I was in your spot, Brendan. Like This, this is... The last team of that, like maybe there's one other team, um, but this this feels right to me. Like I and I think that these being the top three teams that have been picked in the East is like is dead on. Um, if <laughs> we did this, we we did like a similar segment on uh, Locked on NBA last Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, and we kind of just like ranked the teams in tiers of contenders, and 
that was right when Philadelphia was in the midst of a five game win streak. And I had him in the top tier of contenders. And I would have agreed with you. Like this would have been my next pick if you asked me late last week. And then over the weekend, they drop a game in Boston. And then on Monday night, they drop, they, they lose against the Miami heat that had lost four straight games in a row and couldn't make a shot. And they just find ways to lose these games. And the, the, the quotes from Embiid after that Boston loss was just like, Oh, woe is me. I'm paraphrasing, but like typical me, this happens. Tatum makes a shot at the end and whatever. I know it was a game winning shot by Tatum. And maybe it's, it's just as easy that that's a Sixers win, but I hated that quote from, from Embiid at the end. I was just like, is it, is it this easy? Like you won five in a row and then you lose one at the buzzer in a 50, 50 game. And you're like, ah, I guess this is just typical me. This is just what happens. It's like this Eeyore thing. And then, and then, you know, you lose a game right after that to the Miami heat. And like, now I'm back to not trusting the Sixers and I want to trust this team so bad because I really like some of the parts and I like the way that James Harden and, and Joel Embiid play together. And when they're, when they're really got it going, they're, they're just unstoppable in that pick and roll. But then they just, that mental thing, I'm like, yeah, they just seem mentally weak and I'm sorry. Yeah. They just do. And, and that's why I just don't trust them. And so maybe I'm mentally weak just because after five, <laughs> they win five in a row and I'm like, yeah, top tier in the East. And then they lose two in a row and I'm like, yeah, maybe not. But my next pick would have been Cleveland, and that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Cavs here. Oh, love pick. this, love this. Wow. Uh, Wes, let me tell you, let me let me tell you something. As the Cleveland person here, yep, I am a skeptic that this like that some of the numbers that tell you this team is a contender like reflect the actual reality of where this team is at. I look at the, I think they have four amazing players. People are going to become very familiar with how good Evan Mobley is in the playoffs. That dude is like he's the third best player in the team now. He's better than Jared Allen already. That we are there. They have a they have a big 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 spring for Isaac Okoro and how much money he can make in the future. We'll see what the Levert Wade and Rubio bench minutes give you. They are really relying on Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland in particular, just being incredible in the playoffs for them to to hit whatever ceiling they are. I'm a little skeptical. I think this is like a year early from from true true contendership. I would have had a couple other teams ahead of them in this spot. So, so sell me on this. I can't believe I have to. Brennan has. There's been moments where Brennan's been like, "You're being a homer. You're like, you know, the team you watch the most." And I'm like, "Well, that's probably fair." But, you're, but you're sell probably, me they on probably this. are. They're probably a year early. Um, but the I only reason really, I want Cavs Miami very badly, very badly. I uh, think JB Bickerseth needs it. I think like the Kevin Love drama adds a wrinkle to it. I need yeah. it. I need it so badly. You can uh, you can have it. I'm, I'm less inclined to want it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Look, we yeah, they're young, right? We haven't seen them at that stage without LeBron, and so it's just almost like hard to mentally picture it, like this the, being a contender, this team really being a contender. And that's that's like the end of the list of things uh, of like reasons to doubt this team. Like once you get past that, you do look at the numbers. Like let's let's just put them against Philadelphia, for instance, right? Whose defense do you trust more? You trust you trust Cleveland's defense more? Yeah. Um, people forget. Like I know Donovan Mitchell in the end of that Utah thing was weird. He was, to start his career, one of the best playoff performers we've ever seen. And so I have no doubt that Donovan Mitchell could do that again in the playoffs with a better supporting cast. Darius Garland can get there when you need him to get there. He plays point guard uh, in a way that gets everybody involved. Evan Mobley feels like he's taken a leap over the last month and a half or so. Uh, And so, and Jared Allen's just a dude on defense that's just going to do what you need him to do. Yeah, it's probably going to come down to these swing minutes of Isaac Okoro and Karis LeVert. And I'm not really a Karis LeVert guy, but you know, if he can give you some good minutes, then I, I really don't see a reason why they can't be a legit team in the East. The biggest problem is that there's a hard ceiling between them and Boston and Milwaukee. But if the Bucks get hurt, 
or if the Celtics face an injury or something like that, I'm going for value on my list right now. I think Cleveland's the logical next bet. I like them. I think we've seen teams get there a year before they're supposed to get there plenty of times in the past. I wouldn't pick them to win the finals, depending on who they meet in the West, but I don't know. Things can get weird in the playoffs, and maybe they just find their way into the into the finals. So I got them here. Plus 3,000 at BetMGM. Um, currently the four seed in the East. Very easy schedule the rest of the way. Notably, they, the day that this episode comes out, they play in Boston, and they're 2-0 against Boston this year for, for whatever that's worth. I'm curious about, I think this will be a really fun opportunity to, to learn more about Donovan Mitchell. The Clippers series, basically the last time we saw him in a genuinely competitive playoff series where the team wasn't about to implode, he scored 30 or more in five of the six games and 37 or more in four of the six games. He was a killer. And obviously we know that in the, in the bubble, he was better even than that. 250-point games, 340-plus point games in that, that Utah-Denver series in the bubble. So I think offensively, he, he's as a scorer, I'll say, he is clearly good enough to, to lift a team. And there was less probably overall offensive talent on, that, on those Utah teams considering there was no Garland and, and you know not as much versatility, I would say. But... That's a very untraditional player to say that's our best player and we're going to go win a championship. You know, somebody who's like 6-1 and score first and not as like able to kind of coax and 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 control and and maintain just play the game on his own terms. I think the best players that, can do that. I don't think Mitchell can. Let me let me say one thing about that that I think I think that's fair. I think the superpower of Darius Garland is that he makes the game do that for by the way he plays, even if he also doesn't really fit that mold, the way Garland plays and the way Garland is controlling everything, even when Mitchell is like going off, I think the team is in a lot of ways Darius Garland's like he's the one pulling all the strings and playing the game within the game and setting everything up. I would trust Garland to be the guy that kind of settles you down in the playoff series in a lot of ways. Like we will people will look at Mitchell and say, okay, he had 40 in a playoff game or whatever. Garland's going to be the one that I think if he gets himself acclimated to this right away and feels comfortable because he only has the playing experience from last year. And that was a Cavs team that asked way too much of him when they were just ravaged by injuries. If he is if he is ready for it right away, that 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 would unlock a lot of things for me. I will say I had the Cavs last. They were they were at the bottom. I, I ranked nine because I knew we were going to draft nine and they were at the bottom. So uh, that, that speaks to my hesitancy my about, yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. Your turn. <laughs> you're, you're up again, Wes. Oh, I'm back. Uh, all right. Oh, you know what? I like snake yeah. drafts actually then. Um, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Um, let's see. Oh, I hate myself for doing this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with the Clippers and I don't like it. No, like this is where you should take the Clippers. Yeah. And yeah. if they play the way they have of late and Kawhi looks like this, there's no reason they can't make a run. There's literally no reason. Kawhi, Kawhi plays like this. He is one of the hardest outs in basketball. I would, have felt so, I would have felt so much better about this if Russell Westbrook went on the roster. And this is not an anti-Westbrook <laughs> thing. It's just you got 20 games left and you're doing this now. Like how many times have we seen yeah. this already happen? Yeah. And it's and it takes teams sometimes two years to figure out that it's not working. And they got 20 games to figure out that it's not going to work and get him out of the. I There's going to be games in the playoffs where he's a problem. And I don't know if the Clippers, based on the fact that their top two players wanted this guy on their team, are going to be able to get to a place where they're able to jettison Russell Westbrook out of the rotation in the playoffs. So I would have felt way better about this. I would have taken the Clippers earlier than this. 
had Russell had they not added Russell Westbrook. But I hate the timing of this experiment. We all know exactly where it's going to end up going. And it's stupid. And I don't know why they're doing it. And it's really it's it's just frustrating. If you're a Clippers fan, I can't even imagine how much how, how bad you're feeling about this. But yes, if Kawhi is doing this, there's no reason why they can't make it all the way to the NBA Finals. He is that good. Paul George is awesome. They have no holes in their roster anymore. I lo- I liked, didn't love, I liked their trade deadline stuff that they did. I think Eric Gordon gives them a really good piece who I know can be in their five to close games. Um, and so I think that was a piece that they were missing. Uh, Russell Westbrook was not a piece that they were missing. He is now a piece that they have to deal with. Uh, but I'll, I'll take the Clippers here. I, I this think is that the, the but yeah, go ahead. Chris. This is the chaos. This is just the chaos answer to throw like everything in terms of like load management and that all of that. If they like somehow win the title, that this is the chaos answer to like whatever that debate is going to look like. It's into the next like CBA. Like maybe the CBA is like ratified by then. It seems like there's a lot of positive momentum about that getting done, regardless of like anything. But uh, they would be the chaos answer that like the regular season means anything, right? That'd I trust, and like I feel, I, I feel weird Tyloo. about that personally. Yeah, well, you're probably right. I, I think it's good that Kawhi and Paul George are, are back. It feels like they're 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 back to back. Heavy portion of their schedule was in the first half because there's been a lot less talk about them doing that, and they haven't had to worry about those guys resting. And we just talked about Kawhi playing. I think it was uh, 85 minutes over the weekend in yep. in those two games combined. Um, I trust I loot it to, to not play Russell Westbrook actually. Like I, I, I think if there was a game five must win situation, I could see Ty Lue maybe not giving Russ a DNP, but, but not starting him, maybe decreasing his minutes quite a bit. He's really just like a backup point guard to someone like Gordon or man. I could, I can see that happening and that gives me a little bit more optimism, but yeah, it is a little bit of like a, a, a bomb that's set to a time and you don't know when it's going to go off is, is what that feels like both on the court and off the court, as we know. So I don't blame you, but their talent is, is too juicy for me to, you couldn't have let them slip too much more. I think after this, but is it my turn? Can I go? Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the golden state warriors next. Damn it. Damn it. (laughs) This is what I, I I was waiting for them to be available last, and then I could like mm. pounce them, and be like, "Y'all sleeping on Steph? Yeah. Last ride." But Good news on on Steph's injury, I think. Right, he's going to be probably back sometime before the middle of March, which gives them some some cushion to reintegrate him. It's very weird, and the point I keep coming back to when we talk about this team, Chris, is that. I'm more worried about if we're going to get the best version of Andrew Wiggins back. Uh, Not that I don't Mm. worry about Steph, but I think if Steph is healthy, he'll play great. There have been times this year where Andrew Wiggins has seemingly been healthy and not played great, or at least not played as great as he did last year. And I think that they just need that. I, I don't, and they probably need it even more now than they did last year when he was still very integral. Like they don't have Otto Porter. They don't have a healthy Gary Payton. We'll see what he can provide. Maybe that helps, but. That's the biggest question that I have. I think Clay's looked very good offensively lately. He's been scoring a ton. Jordan Poole, you know what he is. He's probably been a little bit worse on the whole this season, but I also think with all the injuries, it's hard to blame him. He hasn't been as protected and insulated as he was about when he's playing and what role he's asked to play. I just trust everything else. It's really, is Steph going to be healthy and can Wiggins get back to normal? Those are pretty big questions, but we're at the back of this draft, and I think that's still pretty good uh, odds, considering we saw them do it. We know they can. 
I didn't have them ranked in my top like eight. I did eight because I didn't. Wow. I'm bad at math. Um, I don't think I would have had them if I did a top nine. I might have not have had them if I did a top. No, I probably would have had them at ten. Um, I just don't trust this team, man. I I just I, I'm sick of waiting on it. I hated their tread deadline. I don't like when team like you could tell me that the Gary Payton thing was an ad. It's not. It was to save money. I'm I'm just over it. I, I the the team can't stay healthy. Steph Curry like. He, he hasn't been healthy in five years and they, they caught lightning in a bottle last year when everybody got healthy at the right time and they started making shots and everything came together in the playoffs. And look, I'm not saying that they didn't deserve the championship, but um, this doesn't feel like a team that's going to get together and come together at the right time. And uh, Jordan Poole has not progressed the way that they needed to. They never replaced Otto Porter. And I thought that was a huge position that, of need for them. And they, never, they don't have anything that resembles what Otto Porter can do. They have no way to get to those best lineups. This whole Kavon Looney coming off the bench thing, this is, is just, they have to do it because they have no other big men. And it's the only way to kind of stagger and group their bigs to make sure that they have some of their best ones on the court for 48 minutes. And uh, the Andrew Wiggins thing, as you guys know, I used to cover the Warriors. So I asked around and I'm not really getting a straight answer. It's kind of weird. I don't really know what's going on with that. And so um, I don't know. This team just like, it's almost like the antithesis of the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's like the Cavs are young. And kind of, and and it's just weird to picture them getting that far in the Eastern Conference. And with the Warriors, it's like we've seen them do it so many times. It's hard to not picture. It's hard to think of them not in the Western Conference Finals at this point. And yet, there is nothing about the Warriors season at all that gives me any kind of belief in this team. Like they're not a good basketball team this year. They have there's nothing about them that looks at all like a contender. And so I just I can't put. I'm I'm sorry. There's 20 games left in the season. I'm sick of waiting. So I'm just. If they prove me wrong, great. Like, go ahead, prove me wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll fess up to it. But, like, I'm not going to pick them. I have no reason to pick them, and nobody really should have a reason to pick them. I think that's all very, very fair. I think at this point, I would, I, maybe this is just, like, the old head in me, like, looking at this. I would probably pick just the equity of Steph. But, like, I mean, look, last time they won a title, there was a downside the next year as well. Like, this, this can happen. This is an older group. The Jordan Poole thing is, like, Jordan Poole hasn't been good enough for, for how much he's making and everything. And, and maybe this season, frankly, was just like doomed from the moment that Draymond Punch happened. Like maybe this that just wrecked the whole vibes of, of what has gone on here. And like that that that's unreasonable to me. Clay's been, I think, pretty good and like that. You should feel pretty good about that if you're them. But like, I don't think you're wrong to have like a, a ton. I think you're right to have like a lot of skepticism that like they have a run in them. I think at this point, I'd be like, okay, like might as well just like I'll I'll take Steph over some of these other options you might have. Should they might I lose in my the last one here? They might lose in the play. You know, they if, might if lose they in the play. They don't like, get it figured out quick yeah. enough. I mean, yes, there's obviously the chance that Steph is just, you know, going to drop 40, 50 points and, and will it into existence. He, he wasn't able to do that against LeBron, but you know, you would imagine against, you know, Larry Markinen or something, he probably can, but uh, it could, it could end really fast for them. Like, I, I think that they, they obviously have boomer bust as their home road splits in their, their every mm-hmm. their their Steph versus no Steph record and all those things indicate, but um, I guess it's just sort of the we've seen it before factor for me. But uh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, wrap us up. All right, here's my last one. I don't feel good about this one either. Um, you know, I I think there's a, there's a drop off here. This is a team that I'm kind of just very down on at the moment. I think maybe a little bit unfairly, just like I don't trust what's going on there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take Memphis here. Uh, they're plus sixteen hundred. It's the same odds as Dallas at plus sixteen hundred. Same odds as the Warriors is plus 600. They are going to be second in the West. That's likely where this ends up for them. That is a good seeding position to be in if you're going to make a run. 
Like Jaw's good, Jaron Jackson's good. They have a lot of guys I really like. I, I just I don't I have them just a little bit behind some of these other teams that I think are absolute powerhouses. Like the Jaw quote is gonna get memed into eternity if you know if they lose to one of these teams or like losing the first round or something. I just don't fully trust this team has like exactly what it needs to, to make a run. And like, like look, Jaws averaging 27. He's shooting like 31% on threes for the year. Like that's just not a number that if he's going to have the ball in his hands, a ton in half court settings, he's going to need to make those pull up shots. And like the numbers this year would suggest that like those maybe aren't going to go in enough to really tilt your series. Um, they also just seem like the team that like whoever they play. And I, I blame Dylan Brooks for a lot of this, honestly. That the other team is just like we want to beat the crap out of you tonight. Like they, they yeah. the other teams get really up to play Memphis, and like th- that's a small thing that doesn't show up in like numbers or anything. But they're the team that like whoever they play, they're going to be fired up to play Memphis. And I, I think there's like a little beef between them and like everybody else in the league right now. So I'm picking Memphis here. I think they're the best value at this point in our draft. But I, I feel like much, much. I would have rather picked the Warriors here. I would have. I like my other picks a lot, a lot, a lot more. Um, I guess I'm the in the minority on this podcast then because I would have I wouldn't even thought twice about it. I would have taken the Grizzlies or the Warriors. And this is a lot of people love the Warriors. People don't like the Grizzlies right now because they do talk a lot of trash and they haven't really been backing it up lately. But just based on the balance of this season, the Grizzlies have been a way better team than the Warriors oh, all sure, year long. For sure. And it's just like and so I get it. I'm not I'm not like dismissing the past and just like kind of looking at but like the Grizzlies have been a lot better than the Warriors all year long. And I don't know. I think if John Morant doesn't get hurt, they might beat the Warriors in that series last year, you know? And so we can even use the past if we really want to. Um, I just think that it wouldn't, they're in a rut right now. I don't know that that rut means that they're going to be in a rut all year long. And if John Morant just goes crazy in the playoffs and Jaron Jackson is just blocking everything and all of a sudden, and Desmond Bain is making threes and all these guys are coming together, I would be less shocked than if they just maintain this rut all the way through the, the end of the postseason and that I'm getting knocked out before maybe we thought they would earlier in the year. So, I don't know. I like, uh, Yeah, this is probably around the right spot. I would have just taken them over the Warriors. Uh, I don't like them as much as Phoenix or Denver or some of these other, or the Clippers even, but um, I think we're starting to go a little bit too far the other way on the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, and, and we might need to you know balance it out a little bit. The one thing I'm interested in with Memphis, aside from everything you guys have already said, once Steven Adams comes back and is playing at his peak, I think, Things will look better yeah, should too. Steven Adam, should Steven Adams be that important to them in 2020? Like that, well, that's considering like, he's like the only like real center on he's their a, team. Yeah. I think yeah, he's so, a, but he's know? but it's like but it's like if you're a true blue can, I just it just feels like a little like I love Steven Adams, one of like our great characters in the league, like incredibly physical screener, all that stuff, good player. It feels like if like your wheels fall apart when Steven Adams on the line, that's like kind of like a red flag to me that you just aren't adaptable enough to kind of like really get yourself yeah. through the playoffs. I think that's, that's a more red, about that's just a red flag what's to me. behind him than any than than like sure. him. That's, that um, Tillman like, and yeah, and those, Tillman yeah. is starting because he's like the most similar type of physical guy. But um, yeah, I, I think I think that's more of it than like Steven Adams being awesome. But I think there's a lot of teams that would happen that way. I mean, if the Suns lost Aiton, they would be pretty screwed, right? So it's like. You know, your your roster can only be so deep and so good. The thing that, that interests me about them, though, is their their conference record this year is 18 and 16, which is worst of anybody in the top 10 in terms of winning percentage in the conference. So that's curious. And I, you know, it, it's it's not everything. It's I don't know what all those games were. Maybe they were a lot of close scoring games. There's a lot of noise in something like that, but it's 34 games. 
And you would expect them to, to kind of beat up, obviously, Jaws' memeable quote aside of how comfortable he is in that conference and you put that up. I'm not even going that direction, but it is interesting. It's something to look out for because those are the teams that are going to have to play in the playoffs, obviously. And they haven't really had one matchup in the West where I feel like they consistently dominated. It's not like, okay, Memphis owns that team. And if they play them, they'll win. You know, I don't feel that way. So it's going to be kind of a, a slog and a rock fight, no matter who they play. That's just how they set themselves up with their style. I mean, they barely beat Memphis or they barely beat Minnesota last year. Right. So that, that worries me too, where it's like, I don't think going into any series, I would just pick them in a heartbeat. It's going to be hard. It's going to be grinded out. It's going to be getting some luck, probably Josh shots going in all that stuff. And that doesn't make me feel great. If I'm picking them to do that, not only one time, but four to win a championship. Wes, let me ask you this, but as we finish this, you said, you I t- t- tell me if I'm wrong, but you had the Warriors nine in your top nine, correct? Right. Okay, so the, they, we drafted a nine. To recap, I have the Celtics, the Nuggets, and the Grizzlies. You have the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Cavaliers. And Brendan has the Suns, the 76ers, and the Warriors. Correct? That's, that's where we ended up here. Who is the team that we didn't pick that would have been in your top nine? Uh, so, <laughs> what an awesome way for me to end this show. I think that's Sacramento just King. No, I think this is just me being embarrassingly bad at math. I think I just screwed that up. I think I had him at nine. <laughs> I think I had him at nine. Okay. Are we being mean to the Kings though? Are we being mean to the no, Kings here? No, it's like I, you know, you could think about Sacramento and even Dallas with Luca and Kyrie. I know that's you know exciting people, even though they don't win games when those two players are on the Dallas Mavericks roster. But whatever, I guess nobody cares about that. Um, Dallas was in my nine over Memphis. I'll say, I'll, I'll I'll be brave enough to admit that they were my they were my eighth team over the Cavs. That's just like a lot of Maxi Kleba faith. <laughs> it is. Are man. we writing Maxie's off the good. Jazz too early? I'm kidding. Um, so uh, <laughs> wow, you really do like Walker Kessler. Like you're really just a big, big just Larry Marketing MIP, just like smashing that. You I know? trust Larry Marketing more than anybody on the Warriors this year. Also kidding. Also kidding. Jeez. Okay. All right. I mean, abilities uh, no, are the best uh, ability, right? <laughs> I mean, in that. I mean, yeah, we can make that argument. We could go full first take on this. Be like, is Larry Markkinen a better player than Steph Curry? Curry? We'll tell you why after the break. Um, uh, yeah, I just screwed up the math. I would have had the Warriors in mind. Okay. But it was close. I, I, I did consider Dallas. So I could I could actually go the other way on this and go full hot take. And just be like, you know what? I did have the Mavericks over the Warriors. I don't know. You guys pick whichever one. And then you just edit this and make it sound like whichever one is spicier and gets the most clicks. Perfect. That's 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 what we're here for. I feel like it would be surprising if anybody outside of the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Nuggets, and Suns won the championship. Yep. Those top five. Yeah, you had, you had the any, Nuggets in anyone, there? Yeah, the Nuggets and the Suns yeah. from the West and then the top three in the East. I think anyone besides those five, it would be like a, a pretty big shock if they won the championship. I think that there was a lot. Of, there was enough people picking the Clippers in the preseason that it might not be a shock fair, shock. Fair. Um, but I, I think for the, but I would agree. I would be surprised if the Clippers won the championship. It would be a surprise history only would because tell you the Clippers would be about, shock. Yeah, yeah. Well, history <laughs> would. And like what we were talking about with the rest stuff would, would make it a surprise, right? To have it kind of work finally for them after everything that they've dealt with between the actual injuries and the rest and the load yeah. management and all the trades and all the craziness for it to be like, and now they won the championship four years later. I think that would be kind of crazy, but you're right. They were kind of a sexy pick preseason, as they always are, so it probably wouldn't 
be the worst, craziest thing ever. But I think it's that five. I think it's really that. that Crazy. Well, who would be the craziest team then? It would be the Cleveland. Cavs. Yeah, it would be the Cavs. Yeah. I know I picked them and I tried to of make like the, whole the case, realistic but... teams. I think the yeah. Cavs. Yeah. yeah. They they would be the one that it, it it would like what it would take, I think, would be very like it would be like Evan Mobley's ascended Mitchell's just like unconscious for four rounds. Garland's great for four rounds. Like I know Cora was like forty five percent from on quarter threes for like a month and a half. Yeah. And like Should they probably just get lucky that like maybe like they play Boston and like Tatum just has like a bad series. Or somebody like gets that, hurt. That's or what you. Yeah. 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 Someone's toes on the line. You know, things that have shifted NBA history in, in, in recent memory. Um, one there. You know, we teams we didn't talk about on this list from Bet MGM. The Lakers at plus three thousand. Don't use your money on that. Pelicans plus five thousand. Don't do that either. The Heat at plus sixty six hundred. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that either. Wes, if I did tell you that the, the Knicks or the Heat won a first round series. Who's more likely to win a first round series? Uh, I am not going to answer that. Uh, <laughs> but wow, you know, you've been, you've been bullied by your yeah. audience that badly. Yeah, I am not going to answer that question. Okay, it's fair. I mean, uh, it, it might it might be the Knicks. It might be the Knicks. I, I, I don't. It might be the team on a six Brandon's- game win streak rather than the team that's one and four in their last five, right? But so we'll see. Time will tell. It could be. Yes. Uh, yep. It could be, could make could the be argument. All right. Soon. All right, we're going to end there. Follow Wes on Twitter at WC Goldberg. Check out his subsect. Check out Lockdown Heat with him and David Ramil. We'll be back with another Just Basketball Show episode next Monday after a lot of other NBA stuff will happen. We'll, we'll break it all down. We'll break down, I think, in big detail how Kevin Durant looks in his first couple games with the Phoenix Suns. Check out Lockdown Suns if you want some immediate stuff for that because Brendan will be killing it over there. Remember, subscribe and follow us on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for producing. Thanks again to the... Just Baseball Crew, Aram, Peter, Jack, and, and the Denny Geek folks as well. We'll talk to you all again next time.